So when it comes to manifesting and co-creating money, that is a muscle, it's a skill set, but it has nothing to do with my wholeness. Mm. And so whether I hit the goal or don't hit the goal is irrelevant. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me sad. It's it's just, it's a thing. It's something that I'm learning to do, but it doesn't add to me, doesn't deplete me. Welcome to the Raw and Wild Hearts, a place where the raw, the unfiltered, the wild hearts gather to celebrate triumphs and hardships, learn from each other, grow together, and break down a culture rooted in fear. We will talk, we will laugh, and we will lean on each other about everyday life experiences that we could all use a little support through, and then we'll bask in the wild, magical beings that we are. My philosophy is that by embracing the dark, we may just let in the light. I am your host, Lori Rising, healer, educator, writer, adventurer, retreat leader, birth defender, and animal enthusiast and activist, along with my wild heart sidekick kitty, Jesus the Brave. We'd like to invite you to get excited about the wild heart revolution. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. It's called Quantum Transformation, Money Mindset, and Miracles with Susie Ashworth. Faith plus action equals miracles. That is Susie Ashworth's mantra. And after you dive into our combo today, it may just become yours too, babes. We get into some soul living, conscious entrepreneurship, money mindset breakthroughs, embodied alignment practices, and in general, like superpower stuff. There is so much richness here. I mean, when I get super stoked during the editing process, I know what's about to hit the airwaves and y'all buckle up. Whether you're an entrepreneur or not, which I actually believe we all are in different forms, you will walk away feeling ready to take on the world and actually do it like with tangible steps to take immediately. Susie even blesses us with a snippet of her coaching magic. She turned the tables on me when we got deep into the money mindset and business revenue belief systems. You can definitely feel the power of her soul's mission in creating a tidal wave of conscious thought leaders and entrepreneurs. Oh, it was so good. It was especially good for me to have to dig in a little deeper to my own blocks as well. I just know you will absolutely resonate with what went down here today. Ooh, so good. Hey, so if you are new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so stoked you found us. Do make sure to go back through previous episodes, though, because I carefully vet every single guest to make sure you are going to level up in every single way through these magical conversations. And you just press play. If you're a longtime listener, you know, you know how I feel about you all of my gratitude for your time, support, and enthusiasm. And if you are receiving said support and are loving the content I'm cultivating for you, we would love your star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy and a great way to support the collective by making the show more accessible through algorithms and interwebs searches. 
As usual, I'll put the link in the show notes below to make it quick. And if you ever wanted to give your community the gift of exquisite guidance for free, share this episode far and wide. Money mindset beliefs are so important to address and practice. Susie goes above and beyond here in this convo and it's off the charts. I'm even going to create a PDF download of some of her bomb tips from the episode that you can receive when you sign up for my newsletter below, along with a lot of other life magics, inspirations, and guidance. It's called Susie Ashworth's Money Mindset Transformation Guidance. And this is perfect timing with today's episode and guests. As usual, divine timing unfolding. We are both hypnotherapists and quantum shifting guides, and I just dropped my gorgeous, if I don't say so myself, 30-minute DNA light code activation meditation for y'all. Ooh, this has been a while in the making. The alignment clicked, and the message I received was to keep it crazy affordable to get it out to the masses to further deepen the awakening of our majesty and mastery in these human bodies. As an embodiment practitioner who works with trauma-informed cellular release, I have deep knowledge of where we can go within our source energy, and this is a great guide to tapping you into your potential and abilities to heal and awaken DNA, to activate our body consciousness, and to connect to creation energy. Ten bones. Yes, for 10 bucks, you get to press play again and again and deep it into this sacred practice every single time. Go below to the show notes to jump on in. Mary R. says, I listened to it twice last night and fell asleep both times. This morning, I went for a pain-free walk for the first time in a long time, so I listened again and fell asleep. (laughs) And every time you share the link below, you support my small business and mission to release program beliefs and reignite our divinity and unconditional love. And I thank you. Oh, and if you're a part of my Wild Heart Patreon community, things like this are a bonus gift. So I want to give a shout out to the latest patron, Melissa Snyder. What up, what up? Thank you for joining us, you Wild Heart Warrior, you. And lastly, let's chat about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. We talk about one of my therapy breakthroughs a little later on today, and I'm telling you, for me, telehealth has been perfect to match my time and lifestyle needs. They're growing so fast that they have thousands of therapists to get matched with according to your specific needs. They have several financial plans to choose from and even have financial aid for those who qualify. They also make it super easy to change therapists at any time. If you want to join the millions who have chosen BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, for their mental health support, you can get 10% off your first month as a Wild Heart Warrior here. Just go to www.betterhelp, that's H-E-L-P.com forward slash raw and wild hearts, or you guessed it, go below in the show notes and clink and clink, click that link. Okay, on to this very exciting show. Susie Ashworth is a mom of three, seven-figure serial entrepreneur, Hay House author, intentional keynote speaker, quantum transformation and embodiment coach, and believer in miracles. Her superpower is working with science, 
strategies, and spirit to help conscious entrepreneurs create six-figure breakthroughs in their business fast so that they can create a powerful, positive difference in the world. Please welcome Susie Ashworth. Hello, Susie. Thank you for joining the Wild Heart Revolution. Hey, Laurie. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited. I'm wildly excited. Like my cells are pumping. You know what I mean? Mm, (laughs) It's going to be fun. But I do like to start with a toast or a prayer to the Wild Heart Warriors in our light especially our dark and in all of our magic and glory. May we continue to elevate consciousness through honesty, humor, humility, gentle care, soul-wrenching growth and ownership, and to us and to radical alignment for quantum transformation. Mm, I'm in the right place. (laughs) Yes. Cheers. Ooh. I throw cayenne in my cacao and it just hit my throat. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, oh my gosh, I, I'm like, I have to start with our parallels. This is wild. So I found you through a hashtag. I think it was probably something with group coaching or okay. coaching, something like that, which is amazing. And then we got this podcast going and I was following your work and your emails. And then I decided to take a deep dive, which I always do with my fantastic guests that say yes to this exchange. And I don't know if you know, but I'm adopted. You had a foster family. Yeah. We both studied psychology. We were both hypnobirthing practitioners. We were both hypnotherapists. We both have a wild love for Spain and Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now we've completely transformed. And I feel like we've taken the base of especially what hypnobirthing has done and created such a big movement. Your movement is limitless life living. And mine is a wild heart revolution. And I call myself a fear culture destroyer. So I just have to ask, are you an Aries stellium? I am not. (laughs) (laughs) That was going to blow my spirit if that happened. (laughs) I'm I'm a Libran and I have no idea what my rising sun and moon. So I get told all of the time and then I forget, but Uh yeah, I'm a Libran. All right. Fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about your mission. Your mantra is faith plus action equals miracles. Yeah. I feel like we can have faith without action. We can have action without faith, but when you combine the two, that's like beautiful ultimate alignment. So tell us more about that. Yeah, this, this came to me after I was, maybe it was after or during I was reading a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill many moons ago, like when I started my, I think actually it was before I started my entrepreneurial journey. Um, um, and it was when my, I was pregnant with my son. And in Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill tells a story about how I think he has two sons and his eldest son was born with um, a hearing deficit. He had no ears and he and his wife decided that one day their son would hear and they started off just speaking, just speaking to their son every single day, speaking to where his ears would be. And ultimately the son starts working for a hearing aid company and 
is able to hear many, many, many years later, it really stuck with me that the power of intention is unparalleled. And so when my son was born, I started saying the equivalent of our prayer. We don't really say the whole thing as much anymore, but faith plus action equals miracles is the start of that prayer. And I would say it to him every single night before he went to bed. And I've been saying it for the last 10 years. And it's so funny because even when I'm thinking about the prayer, if my kids were in bed right now, I would just say the whole thing because that's where my mind remembers it. But here I'm just like, it's just, what, what's the whole thing? But faith plus action equals miracles. I've been saying it every single day for, yeah, the last 10 years and it's changed my life. It really, really has. Yeah. So do you feel like that was kind of your aha moment when you read that in the book? You know, when we have that like shift in consciousness, it like gets into our cells and that's where you moved forward in combining the faith plus the action in reality in our, in our 3D human lives. I, I don't even think that it was that specific. Mm -hmm. I think that I just knew that self-belief, it started with self-belief and that has grown. The faith used to be about me and what it's grown into is faith in the universe and action really just feeds into everything that I've ever done. And I think that many, many years ago, that action was from a place of extreme masculinity like force push gotta do gotta do gotta do gotta do gotta do and again that has evolved so much especially over the last 10 years to know that action gets to be receiving action gets to be releasing action gets to be doing and it also gets to be being which is probably the biggest area of growth and development focus for me now that balance between the doing of the mind and the being of the soul also sits in that action piece for me um, and knowing that that creates magic that creates miracles the thing that I say to them is faith plus action equals miracles never let success go to your head or failure go to your heart and you will be very very successful successful means happy and happy means living your dreams so that was the whole prayer and it's just that the faith the the marketer in me the brander in me the, the this is the truth of me was like oh that that piece there I'm gonna take that out and it's grown a life of its own which is amazing to me. Absolutely. And what I'm hearing there is the evolution that I think that we're definitely in is honoring our essence, not just our productivity. Yeah. So when we combine those, it's the beauty of the divine feminine and the energy of the sacred masculine, putting them together instead of just pushing forward with a wounded masculinity. Yeah. Something that's really interesting that I found out recently was they believe they, whoever they are, <laughs> that um, we started moving away from honoring the divine feminine in all of us, no matter what gender you identify with, when we started writing because it became so linear and left brain mm. 
that we moved so far away from our intuitive space within ourselves. Because before that, we did so much clairvoyance and we could telepathically talk to each other. That's how we had to do it before we had such linear structures to focus on. Isn't that wild? That is really interesting. And what it brings up for me, because some of the channeling I do is through my journal, is through the writing. And as always with everything, it's the light and the shade. Mm-hmm. It's the shadow and the illumination. And the shadow of too much writing gets to be too much thinking. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, when we are fully in our illumination and we're writing, it gets to be the channel for consciousness and you know infinite wisdom. Yeah, because when you tap into both sides, it becomes mm-hmm. a flow and then it becomes more of a balance. Yeah. Oh, yes. We also both talk about superpowers and I want to touch on this. When I was listening to your podcast, I mean, I have taken a very deep dive and you (laughs) talk about what really lit you up in the hypnobirthing world. I started thinking about that for myself and it's that my superpower has always been like, I am your biggest cheerleader in re- remembering your divinity and your magic. Mm. Like I just came in knowing humans were so divine and that we could create miracles for ourselves. Like I knew we could levitate. I still believe we can levitate. I have levitated in some of my cellular unwinding. When you know that in your cells, you're driven your whole life. And I used to bang my head because of the fear culture when I was young. And I was like, I don't get it what is all this fear about? Like if we can just break through, there's so much magic that we have within ourselves. And I think that that's really a philosophy in hypnobirthing. It's about finding your empowerment and your medical intuitive wisdom and how you know more than anyone else ever does. It's really shifting from the institutional based paradigm that we've been raised in to the embodiment of what you are and all that you are and all that you have. So let's talk about your superpower. And it's so funny when you say I've been listening to your podcast because I very rarely listen to my podcast and I'm like, what would I say that my superpower is? But (laughs) I feel very gifted actually to have more than just one and often when it when I'm in a coaching environment it's really hearing the things that people don't say oh yes and that for me has been so so powerful when it comes to creating spaces for transformation and helping people shift And, you know, from a marketing perspective, from a business perspective, it's really taking old ideas and being able to see where there is a space for innovation, where there is a space for something new and taking something that felt old or outdated or just inappropriate and making something magical from it. Um, um, There's very few truly, truly original ideas And I think often that holds people back. They think that because this has been done before, that there isn't a space for them. And I'm like, no, everything gets to be a continuum. Um, So there's two. (laughs) I love that. That's so creative. It's just tapping into what we already have, but we can't see for ourselves, especially because we get such heavy programming, like the subconscious programming and media culture is 
so intense. And that's part of hypnobirthing as well, but that applies to our entire lives. So that's such a beautiful gift. I love it so much. I actually wrote a quote down about that and I can't find it, of course, because I've been scribbling notes everywhere, but I'm going to say another quote of yours that I love. (laughs) You said the moral of the story is shit sometimes happens. Don't give up. You got this. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Lots of shit happens. And I think that I am becoming more and more aware that it's not about our ability to avoid shit. And I think that when people are wanting to create, they're talking about co-creating their life with the universe. They're talking about manifestation, magic, miracles, that they think that life is just one long miracle. And it, and it is, except miracles present themselves in so many different ways. Miracles present themselves in in the shit they present themselves in the darkness they present themselves in the tough times and it's your capacity to uh, respond in a way that moves you forward it's your capacity to respond in a way that activates your divinity and activates your infinite wisdom and activates your infinite limitlessness that will determine whether you see it as a miracle or something that is holding you in bondage. Yes. I'm so glad that you're talking about this because I feel like it's really important to take in deeply for mindset shifts because we can feel like, oh, we need that life of ease, which Mm -hmm. I feel like is unrealistic. What it comes down to is a life of healthy response. Yeah. I definitely feel that life has got easier for me but easier isn't necessarily the goal what would make this situation more easeful um where am i trying to make it more difficult where am i overcomplicating it and often the willingness to release it's the willing it's the inability to release the things that we are gripping and holding on to and trying to control that often creates the difficulty. And at the same time, like just tough stuff happens. When you lose somebody that you care about, that's a hard situation, you know? As a human, you are supposed to have a full range of feelings and sadness and anger and rage are part of that full range. And if you think that evolution is about eliminating that I'm not sure that I'm on that page yet I feel like the ease comes from alignment so when we fall into that alignment which ultimately comes from a surrendering to source to self to the god within then the ease comes like even your job like you still have to I know you work really hard I know I've been listening and so you're still working really hard but when you're in alignment it feels joyful and it feels ease, right? It's it's energizing. It's not depleting. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because today in the last couple of days, I felt tired and I felt tired because I went to Ibiza for three days and in Ibiza for three days, I was my young and reckless 19 year old self. 
Mm -hmm. And today and yesterday and Monday, my body's like, no, you are the mother of three 42 year old self and you are going to feel it. And so it's that real like, I'm a human. And so I'm going to create my life and business in a way that feels most easeful. I'm going to do the things that bring me the most joy when I'm in my most joyful stage. I'm in my, my most energized and and there's a complete range of some days are more challenging than others. And, and that's OK. On those days that are challenging for you, do you feel like you really give yourself the space to be in it? Like, do you really just drop into those feelings and allow the progression and the journey to flow through and out? Yes. I think that I have less when you, when you describe it like that, my mind goes back to when the feelings are very heightened. I was talking to a, uh, um, one of my coaches today and she was asking me like, what do you do when you get triggered by a client? When a client's saying something that is, they're, they're being honest, but what they're saying is not true. Like, how do you respond? And, I, and what I said to her was, is practice. You know, when I first got together with my now ex-husband, when we would argue, we would argue for a week. And then I was really in the feelings, like the feelings would just be completely all over me. I would be consumed by them. And it's not so much even consumed by the story, by the feelings, but consumed by the story of the justification of the feelings. Mm. I am not that person anymore. The tools that I use enable me to feel the feeling, mm -hmm. but then I am good at releasing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not holding on to it. So if there were days where I was feeling depressed or days where I was feeling angry or days where I was feeling rageful, for me, that would feel like there was something out of balance. So uh, what I'm very good at now is feeling the feeling, acknowledging the feeling and releasing the feeling, which I normally just do with breath work. Mm. Absolutely. The breath yeah. work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about embodiment and discernment. Yeah. And then realizing we are all sovereign beings of light, having a human experience. So yeah. maybe it's the, like, as you're talking about, I'm like, maybe it's the release of the story. You know, yeah. usually when we have fear, it's because we're holding on to the story you were talking about. Yeah. The story piece is really important. The story that you should feel scared, the story that you are being judged, the story that you are being inadequate, that people are gonna see you as inadequate. All of that comes from the mind. There is really no place. And when I say there's no place for it, like I'm a human, I'm on the journey. Mm -hmm. I am not the Dalai Lama, but there's no, the, my practice right now is really getting clear on when am I in the story of the mind? Okay, I'm gonna let the story of the mind go. Then I'm feeling into my body, but I still feel contraction. I still feel feeling in my chest. Okay, so I'm just gonna focus on the feeling in my chest without the story, because I know that the story is not necessary, but the feeling is real. Like the feeling is in my emotional body and that's what I get to release if I'm gonna clear my system and be, you know, effective isn't the right word, but just be able to be in alignment, be what I know what is possible for myself. 
And then you can actually even evolve into seeing that experience as an opportunity for growth, which is usually happening in the shadow. Yeah. It's everything gets to be an opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. And I know that for some people that can feel exhausting. Like I don't want to grow anymore, but (laughs) that is, you know, that's our purpose. You know, that's what the universe is doing all of the time. It's just growing. And we're part of that. We don't really have a choice. We do have a choice when we don't grow. That's usually when we feel our most uncomfortable, when we're feeling static, when we, when there's no evolution. I had kind of a breakthrough with my therapy this week, and I'm really working on some deep familial relationships and just personal relationships and shifting of communities, things like that. And even my therapist was like that, you know, when you say the thing and it's like, wow, that was it. And I said something like, how can I be well in this relationship without expecting the other person to be who I want them to be? So how can, Mm -hmm. how can I meet them and be well for myself in this relationship? Yeah. And what was your answer? I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like now that that foundation is set, now I can grow from there, which is so incredible, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I love therapy and even journaling. You know, that's where we get that process work. And then those little seeds get planted and you get to go to exponential places from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. There's a couple of things I want to talk about, but I just want to ask you, what does quantum transformation mean? For me, it's just massive changes, massive changes. And often for myself, my clients, that's happening quickly. Mm-hmm. So we are tapping into the energies of the universal field, which enable us to make massive changes in our lives, in our businesses, in our well-being, you know across the board. When I was listening to you yesterday, I feel like what I heard you say with a good friend of yours, it was a really sweet conversation. P.S. You said there was a point where you pivoted in your business a little, and it's after you did some soul growth retreat, something like that. And you switched to quantum transformation. Yeah, I did um, a quantum healing certification. It must have been a couple of years ago now. And that was a big, big shift for me because with hypnobirthing, hypnotherapy, mindset work, I used to call myself a mindset and messaging coach, is very much about the head. It's like, what can we compartmentalize? What can we stop thinking about over here? What can we start thinking about over there? And those tools are very powerful for me to a point. And... I knew that there was something else. I had plateaued in my business growth and I just, I knew that there was something beyond the mind that I wasn't tapping into. And so when I saw my coach advertising this retreat, I looked at the sales page and thought, I've got no idea what any of this says. It was like it was, had been written in a different language. And I was like, that's where I need to be. (laughs) And I don't use many of the tools that I learned on that retreat, but it shifted my thinking. And that's really what powerful coaching is. It's the ability to shift somebody's perspective. And 
the biggest thing that I took away from that retreat that is still alive in the work that I do now is understanding that the biggest growth that can happen in the shortest period of time happens when we move beyond the mind and start working with universal energies. And that for me has shifted everything. Mm. Absolutely. And for me, because I work with cellular trauma, embodiment is cells, like our cells hold creation energy. And so when we tap into the emotional cellular release, we uncover that universal energy within ourselves. Like we are connected to it. We are nature Mm. and it's just so powerful and amazing. And I used to get really frustrated because it's like, I couldn't get people to make that leap, right? There, there was so much fear. And I love the energies that are shifting now because people are ready. They are so ready to make that leap. And I feel like your leap happened right at that time. Yeah. One of the things that we did that started um, at that retreat, and then I've gone on to become a quantum flow practitioner is quantum flow. And that is a movement practice that combines yoga, Qigong, and lots of the Eastern um, movement practices. But also very much, again, working with the energy. And for me, the reason that that practice continues and is so powerful is that when we're just using the breath and intention, um, um, sometimes the mind is like, yeah, but I'm not really sure. And the mind still wants to kind of get involved and that can block the movement. Whereas when somebody is physically, you know, when you're inviting them to energetically purge through the body, when you're able to set the foundation and the frame that we are holding memory and experience in our body, in our cells, and most of the time we're only using the mind, we're using talk therapy, but we're not actually releasing from the body. And then you get somebody to do a whole 45 minute movement practice where you're setting the intention to clear or call in that blows people's minds and I love it. So yeah, quantum flow. I'm all about that. Nice. Yes. In my birth classes, I used to say to people in the very first class, I said, my job here is to get you out of your mind and into your body. Because right now you're thinking about birth with your mind, but you need to feel birth to work with birth because you have all of the knowledge in your body. Yeah, I think that what's interesting and my I only understand this now is that you would have some people that would be like completely get it, go and have these fear free, sometimes painless, but it's not really about having a pain free birth, but just have these fear free, beautiful experiences. And other people would go in with all of the right intentions and have a not great experience. Mm -hmm. And for me, so much of the missing piece for hypnobirthing was the releasing of the fear and the old outdated thoughts and experiences from the body. So, because we, at least in my practice, it was the mind, it was the meditation, it was the reprogramming, but there wasn't the actual physical release until you're giving birth. And I think that that's why some people um, would be triggered even when they had done the work. Right. And I have to say the other thing that I was like, oh my gosh, I had been referring people to the calm birth school my entire career. And I didn't, 
I didn't know it was yours. I was like, wow, that's so incredible. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into that. I really want to get into mindset beliefs and shifts around abundance and money, because Mm. I feel like this is your forte. This is a huge, wonderful conversation and exchange that we can have because I'm working on them myself personally. I know where they can be a little bit esoteric. It's like people want to have A plus B equals C, right? And that's not how mindset shifts work. Well, because you said that this is something that you're working through, I am really curious to know where is your stuckness or where is the stuckness that you observe with people when it comes to receiving more? specifically in relation to money? So I'm going to give my experience since I I know it really well. Um, Growing up, I deeply took in the belief that in order to make a lot of money, you had to be a lawyer or a doctor. That was the message that I got. You had to go on to really high education in order to make that money. So I got my BA and then I decided to go to trade school and I became a massage therapist because embodied healing was where my heart went. But to me, that wasn't where the money was. So I did really well. Like I'm a good business person because I was raised in a family small business, but yet my sister made a lot more money than me. She had higher education. So that belief got really ingrained into my subconscious. Yeah. So my question is, is what is a really lot of money? Like how much would you like to receive? (laughs) See, and I'm working on that too, because I've been listening to your podcast and I've listened to other mentors as well. And I feel like I start pretty low. I start at like a hundred thousand a year. Right. But I also know that you can only hold the capacity that you believe. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's one of the, The the first fundamental thing that had to shift when I went from 420,000 to a million, 1.2 million in 2020, was that I made the decision that I was going to receive seven figures. And there was no story around it. It was like, I am ready to receive seven figures it wasn't I'm hoping it wasn't I'm dreaming it wasn't I'm wishing there was no doubt in my mind that that decision was final and so the first thing that I would say when I ask you how much do you want to receive your the first thing that you say is okay well I'm working on this Uh uh-huh and there is a hesitation in the hesitation is the doubt or the fear. And I don't know which one it is. Like, is it possible for me to make six figures or am I allowed to make six figures doing what I do when I know all of this magic and I want everybody to have the magic and whatever the story is around you being paid, but you still haven't made the decision that six figures is yours. And so that will be reflected in how much you're receiving every single month. So the first step for everybody listening is to decide. And it really, really 
gets to be that simple in the first instance. You know, I had joined a millionaire mastermind three years before. And when people would say, what is your goal? I would say half a million. My mind could not even allow me to express the possibility that I was going to earn a million. Like there was a part of me that was like, yeah, yeah, that's why I joined. But when it came to me actually saying how much, it took me three years to give myself permission to say, I'm going to earn seven figures. And what I am doing now when it comes to the next big leap, I'm going to earn eight figures. I'm going to have a 10 million pound company. Now, I encourage everybody listening once they've made the decision about what it is that they're earning to own it vocally, verbally, as many times as you can, because I haven't calibrated to having a 10 million pound business yet. And that's, and I know that because I haven't got a 10 million pound business yet, but the more I speak it, the more I get reminded that my, my thoughts, my feelings, and my behaviors have to line up in order for that calibration to that new frequency to take place. And so the constant repetition and reminder then gets me one feeling more comfortable. When I started saying this at the beginning of the year, I felt very uncomfortable saying I'm going to have an eight figure business. Very, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I haven't even really done so much work around the stories that I was having then. For me, it was just enough to keep saying it. But the power in saying it is, is that you get to notice what's the contraction that comes when I say to start with that I want to earn a hundred thousand a year. So the first thing that you said was it's quite low, aka it's not good enough or I'm not good enough. That goal should be bigger, but did it, did it, but, but, but so. So there is, so you tell me, what is the, when you said, but I'm starting low, what Uh is the subtext to, but it's starting low? I feel like I'm starting low because I'm afraid that I don't have the capacity to hold the higher number and then I'll be disappointed. Yeah. I don't believe that it's possible for me to earn more. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start low. So if you did have the capacity to hold the higher number, what would the higher number be? 500,000. 500,000. Okay. When you think about earning 500,000 in the next 12 months, what would be the negative consequences that come with you earning the 500,000 in the next 12 months. Oh, I can say it right now. The stress of the taxes and figuring out like all the financial pieces of it right there for sure. Cause I've had yeah. my own business for two decades. Yeah. So the whole government tax situation and like what I have to do with that money when I get into higher brackets. So can you see, and this is, I really hope everybody's like scribbling down. What's the number? What's the number that you would choose if you weren't in fear or if you can immediately feel the contraction at the the first number, ask yourself, what are the negative consequences? What are the stories? Because that story of the tax and the government 
that will hold you outside of 500,000. And because your soul is not aligned to 100,000, it's also going to hold you outside of 100,000. Mm-hmm. So the type of questions that you get to ask yourself is who do I get to be to be the type of person who is receiving 500,000 a year with ease? What stories would I need to let go of? What would I need to lean into? So for me, I'm not good with money. I'm not good with money. I'm not good with money. That's, that didn't stop me receiving, but it stopped me keeping it, mm. you know, for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was only after this was in 2019. I think I had my biggest month in business. It was a 53,000 pound month. The goal was 60,000. And I've got stuff to say around the disappointment of not hitting your goals. The goal was 60,000. I hit 53,000 and I did a course on money um, called Magic Money. And I said in that program, now the goal is to get into overflow. I am going to go into overflow. I'm great at receiving, but I'm not good at keeping. And I want to make it very clear. When I say keeping, I mean flowing. Like, But I want to have overflow at the end of the month. Um, uh, And that intention changed things for me because I started to ask myself, who do I need to be to be somebody who is in overflow? And I had to stop telling myself the story that, one, I only ever have just enough. And two... I had to get myself a decent bookkeeper. I had bookkeepers, but they were rubbish. So I had to pay a little bit more and I had to have a bookkeeper that was willing to message me and have meetings with every single month. And no offense if she ever listens to this, she wasn't actually that great. But for me at that time, in that moment, it was revolutionary to have somebody like that who I was able to have meetings with I started to behave like somebody who was better with money. I started to behave like I was somebody who was able to handle overflow. Yes. There are so many things that I want to bring up right now. Can I I just say one more thing? Absolutely. Because you said it, and I think it's really important around the idea of disappointment. So one of the biggest things that I'm playing with right now, and when I talk about separating the mind story from the essence story, is really understanding that your ability to manifest money has nothing to do with how good an individual you are. So we could swap the word good for worthy, because many people kind of associate good people who have earned more money with worthiness. And those things are completely separate I always say for anybody who has had a child who's got a niece got a nephew if somebody came and said I will give you a million dollars for that child you would look at them like that they were insane like that million would never be enough for the heart of that child and you are that child it has nothing to do with your worthiness your ability to receive money is a skill set And you get to exercise that skill set. The more you stretch that muscle, the the better you become at it. But it has nothing to do with your inherent worthiness. And when you can, when you can really, when you really get your head around that piece, I think that it is just incredibly, incredibly important. So you can start looking at it like any other skill like riding a bike, like learning to drive, like any other skill that you have set your intention to master. 
And it, yeah, it's got nothing to do with your heart. Now, the reason that that piece is important is that and maybe it's a separate piece. So that, that, that's part one. Part two, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue and I keep losing it, but it's really important. It's when you are acting and co-creating from a place of essence, from your heart, you know, so when you are being, when you are working from your heart and not from your head, you know, you said it earlier on, you are the trees, mm -hmm. you are the grass, mm -hmm. you are the air, mm -hmm. you are all of the things. So when you are all of the things, if you hit a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand, becomes irrelevant you already are the 500,000 you already are the 100,000 you can never not be you are never less than you can never be less than because you are all of the things does that make sense mm -hmm. because the, the the idea when we get disappointed about not hitting a goal that is the mind story of I'm not good enough Mm -hmm. You failed. Mm -hmm. I'm not as good as my sister. That is a mind story. So when I talk earlier on about the separation of the story from the feeling, that's what I'm talking about. Like your ability to hear, I'm not good enough. Okay, that's a mind that comes from ego. Mm -hmm. My essence tells me, my essence knows that I am completely whole and perfect. There is nothing that can add to me. There is nothing that can take away from me because I am all of the things. So when it comes to manifesting and co-creating money, that is a muscle, it's a skill set, but it has nothing to do with my wholeness. Mm. And so whether I hit the goal or don't hit the goal is irrelevant. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me sad. It's, it's just, it's a thing. It's something that I'm learning to do, but it doesn't add to me. It doesn't deplete me. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. The one mindset shift that I've made that has kept me moving forward in this really intense online business transition and transformation is I've adopted the philosophy that failure is necessary because it's an opportunity to shift and it gets me more information and I can grow in many ways from it. It happens on a small level a lot, especially as you're transforming and shifting something. And when you see it as an opportunity for growth, it completely changes the way that you respond to it. Our responses will dictate how many miracles we see happening in our life on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And the, I think what's interesting when you speak to just very, very successful people, they will say, I fail all the time, but the relationship with failure and even the word is very, very different from most people's relationship with the word failure. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And especially when you take out that fear piece, like the yeah. fear of failure, when you don't fear it, then you just jump in, yeah. you take the risks, you do the things. It's just another experience. Yeah. And it was so interesting as you were starting this, when I shared my belief around what's going on with me and money mindset, I was like, oh yeah, just the other day I told the client, when you pick that timeline, because we have all the timelines available. And when you pick that timeline and you believe in it, you deeply believe in it and you like wholeheartedly pick it, 
it starts to unfold. Opportunities show up. You start magnetizing the flow of energy into that timeline. So I feel like that was a lot of what was coming up in the beginning of this conversation with money. And I think what it is, so I am less, I like to give a time frame. I'm less attached to the time frame, so I'm not then getting into, but I've failed, I've done it, I've failed, I've done it. For me, it's more about, am I being the type of person who is building an eight-figure company? And am I doing that today? How would I choose to price my services if I wanted to earn six figures this year? What would shift from what I have been doing? What would I need to let go of in order to be the type of person who's going to earn six figures this year, who's going to earn eight figures this year, who's going to have a multiple million pound company this year. Mm-hmm. What would I have to let go of and what would I get to do? And so that in the being, the more you can use that filter for everything that you're doing, you will accelerate the speed at which you open yourself up to receiving yes. exponentially. Yes. And I should clarify, when I say timeline, I mean, creation energies in your life. So it's like, I can, I can look at this creation energy or I can stay in this one that's been secure and the one that has held me back and has decreased the energy flow. And so there's that, but I also want to talk about how important it is when you make these shifts to surround yourself, what you said, like with your mentors, with the people that are doing the thing that you're moving toward that have made those shifts in mindset. So how did you pick your mentors? Like, how did you align with them? What was your process at that? Because there are a lot out here now. I know because I've been moving through and like feeling different mentors out. So I just love to know where you went with that. Yeah. When I first started out in business and to a certain extent, definitely not as much as I used to be, but I was a course junkie. So I bought so many courses. I come from the school of thought that if you don't know how to do something, pay somebody who does know and learn from them. And because of my work ethic, which has had its pros and its cons, one of the pros was that I am a super implementer. So many people buy courses and programs and then never really do anything with them. I always implement, maybe not the whole thing, but I am an implementer. I will always get my money's worth by knowing that I'm going to do at least this thing. Like I'll look at the program content and I'll be like, okay, I don't know how to do this. This piece is going to tell me how to do that. That's the bit that for sure I'm going to do. And if I get through, and if it's a great course, then I'll do more. So I have always started off with courses and then inevitably the person whose course resonates the most, the person who's teaching resonates the most. I'm like, okay, I just need more of you. And so often it's been, I will start like investing 97 pounds, 197 pounds. And then my next jump will be, okay, 10,000, 15,000, 30,000. That's the way. And then recommendations, people who have had amazing experiences with coaches um, for sure, I have then invested in people at a higher level or people who have a high caliber of clientele around them. I'm like, "Mm, I'm interested. So when I decided that I was going to do seven figures, I went on a retreat in Colombia. I love retreats um, um, with a guy called Ron Reich. And he had like seven and eight figure entrepreneurs 
And after spending three days of them, I was really like, these people are not that different to me, you know? And they all had different strategies. They were all doing it in different ways. I was like, okay, there's not one magic pill. And these people are all very similar to me. Oh, okay. They, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's when I decided. Yes. I love experiential learning. I, yes. I really feel like that is a major shift that's happening in our culture, which is amazing. But let's talk about how important it is, especially in the beginning when you're launching yourself or your business or you're pivoting and transforming. How important is it to make that investment and break through the fear of like, I don't have the money to invest in myself right now, but yet if I don't do it, the soul growth and alignment might take longer or it might not happen in the same way. It's going to take longer. I think that so, and I'm going to speak for me very personally, I have only not had a coach for six months of my whole time of being in business. However, I do know people that have not invested in coaches at all and done very well. I know more people who have coaches than don't have coaches. The reason that I think that it has been so powerful for me is that by making the investment, I've chosen accountability. Because my background has not been one of abundance, because my parents worked really, really hard, I always valued the money that I was investing. And I think that that meant that I wasn't willing to waste my time. I have been very good. And it's interesting because a lot of people go, I want a mentor because I want to be held accountable. I've always helped me, the investing has held me accountable. And then I use the knowledge and the experience of the mentors to help me propel me forward. I just, I'm very much of the belief that I have so many blind spots, you know, even, even now at this stage, the ability to be witnessed sometimes with my mentors, I just say, I've had this amazing idea. I'm not asking a question, but to be witnessed and somebody say, I see you, somebody powerful say, I see you is activating for me. And now, rather than having people say, you need to do this strategy, you need to do that strategy, which is very helpful for some people in the beginning. Now I just when I feel a little bit stuck around something, then being able to ask a powerful question and having somebody ask me another powerful question back is what is keeping me growing, you know? And so for me, depending on how committed you are to your vision and your mission and depending on how quickly you want to make the strides, Taking that leap can, can really collapse your timeline. And I think that having somebody there who has walked the steps that you want to walk and able to say, this is where I fell down, or have you thought about it like this, is just, I, I think it's priceless. Yeah. And would you say that part of that is the reflection work? We do reflection work in all of our relationships. And do you think that was part of what really propelled you? Yeah. I think that when it comes to coaching, the reflection work, absolutely. When it comes to programs, 
what I wanted was the step by step. And I think the problem with that now being where I am is really understanding that you have to like the steps that you see somebody else taking in order for there to be alignment. And often people make mistakes by looking at who's the biggest, who's the flashest, who's got the most affiliates and think, oh, that's the way, that's the secret. And the secret is, there is no secret. The secret is, is that there are a million and one ways to get to Rome. And so the, the thing that you have to do is ask yourself, who's doing it in a way that, that I would like to do it? Mm, yes. And then go and learn from that person because all of the systems work all of the time. Right. So it's really feeling that resonance and the alignment with the way that someone's moving through their experience. Oh, I yeah. love that. Woo, yeah. what a great place to end. Oh my gosh. So I'm gonna quickly ask you the last question. Who would your dream guest be and why? Oh, well, I have to say the first person who came into my mind was Nelson Mandela. Mm. And this is a person who mastered their mind so deeply you know lived such a incredible life and there's so much complexity to his story and the thing that prevailed was love like so like this huge heart and yeah I'm looking forward to one day sitting around the table with Nelson. Oh, I love that because when I was 20 years ago, when I was really going through my training of cellular trauma release and embodiment, we were given the Nelson Mandela speech mm -hmm. about, you know, when you let your light shine, you allow for others to shine their light. And that just, it was on my refrigerator through my twenties, which I think mm. is really incredible. I even made bookmarks out of it and gave bookmarks away with that speech is really, really beautiful. Susie, thank you for your time, your energy, your sharing, ah, oh, your experience. It's so good. And I just, I, I feel such a kindred lightness with you. So tell everyone how they can find you and how they can work with you and how they can do the deep dive that I did. Yeah, um, you can find me. I hang out on Instagram, Susie, S-U-Z-Y underscore Ashworth. And my website is susieashworth.com. And I've got a Facebook group where I go live every Thursday called the Quantum Success Hub for Female Entrepreneurs. Probably going to be switching that to Conscious Leaders very soon. And yeah, come and play. Come and find me on the internet. Absolutely. I mean, the energy and light output that you are giving to your clients. I'm noticing, I'm paying attention. I am absolutely feeling what you're putting out. And again, all the love, light, shadow and dark and wild in this raw human experience. So have a Thank beautiful you. day, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. Yes. All right. Cheers, y'all. Bye. And with that, Let's normalize the struggles, celebrate the quirks, and lean into the light. From myself and Beezus the Brave, happy Wild Heart Revolution, friends.
All right, you're gonna have to stop. Um, <laughs> she gets very excited when I start talking to people. It seems fantastic. This is okay. perfect. Great. As long as she doesn't step on my equipment. There you go. Okay. Hey. I know. Okay, here we go. <laughs>